Destiny U, a place where we restore hope, ignite passions, make dreams a reality, and help you to unlock your future. Welcome to Destiny U with your host, Rich Darnell. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 7 of Destiny U. And hello, I'm your host, Rich Darnell, your Destiny Coach, to help you on your journey to greatness. Did you know that you were created to do great things? That whatever you're going to do today is a great thing when empowered with truth. And that's what I'm here to do today, to help empower you with truth. But before I get to today's show, in which I'll be sharing on how to receive the power for an overflowing life, I just want to thank God for Rhoda Beard and Blaine Irving over at Worship Center Radio. You know, these people are doing awesome things, helping others and providing a platform for the message of the gospel to go around the world. Be sure to check them out at Worship Radio Net. Well, excuse me, WorshipCenterRadio.net. That's again, WorshipCenterRadio.net. Remember, you can also hear me every Monday and Thursday from 4 p.m. to to 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time at worshipcenterradio.net slash destinyu. So let's get into today's message. So let's talk about receiving the power for an overflowing life. A life that will see positive change in your relationships with what your family, your friends, even in your community. It's a power I believe that if we do not receive it will cause us to be like a ship in the sea without a sail. It means we're going to be driven by the currents of circumstance instead of being able to use the currents and to be able to propel us forward. We'll be victims instead of victors, right? So I want you to know that you do not have to be under the control of your situations. They might be uh, hindering you. They might be uh, trying to oppress you. It might be all kinds of stuff because, you know, life is life. But your destiny is not determined by your situation. Your destiny is determined by what God has authored before time began. See, we need not to be powerless in in the dark controlled by the works of Satan and and his plans, you know. For those who have Christ and the life of Christ, he's even greater. You know, the the Word of God says, greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. But how many times, because we've not been renewed or not empowered and we're not walking close with God, do the things of the world overtake us like like a tsunami sometimes? It happens to all of us. But we need... To be connected to life. That's what I want to talk about today as we talk about receiving the powers, receiving that connection that empowers us to be able to do what God's called us to do, what he created us to do. You know, the scriptures tell us in John 5, 12, the one who has the son has life. The one who doesn't have the son of God does not have life. Then we have John 15, 5. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. See, you can do nothing without Jesus. You might have a measure of what you think success, but you will not fulfill your your uh, 
ordained destiny, the thing that God created you for apart from Christ, it's impossible. It's just impossible. You have to be connected to life. See here with Christ, without Christ, we just see it. There is no life. I'm not talking about existing. I'm not talking about being physically alive. I'm talking the life, that, that fulfillment, that satisfaction, that, that place of existence where you know that you're being who God created you to be and you're doing what he called you to do. And I'm not talking about religious works on Sunday. I'm not talking about just singing in the choir and ushering. Those are part of it. But I thought I'm talking about being, whether it's a doctor or a lawyer, uh, a, a politician, an artist, um, an educator, an entrepreneur. See, those are holy and noble calls of God. See, a call of God is not just being called to the pulpit. Matter of fact, I like this. Uh, when you think about the word pulpit, what does it mean? It means to pull people out of the pit. So everybody has a pulpit, a place of living the message of Christ in such a way that it draws people up out of the pit into the fullness of the life of Christ. You have that power. But you know, a lot of times, and I, I just really feel like I need to address this, it, it's hard trusting God. You know, it can be an issue or even for believing that God is real. You know, I mean, somebody that probably listened to today's message is wondering, is God, are you there for me? We all can wrestle with this sometimes. I know I did. You know, I remember a time in my life when I said there was no God, you know, uh, with all the evil and the death in the world. Why would a good God allow things to happen? I rationalized it. I just began to justify my doubt and unbelief by saying there was no God, he can't be real this because of children being raped, murders, all the, the, you know, all this stuff that we see, all the evil and darkness we see because if God was really a good God, he really cared, he would stop all of it, right? Do you agree? Does some, somebody out there have those same kind of questions? It was just me? But what I've come to learn and what I want to hear you today is first and foremost is not believing in God. Questioning him is all right. He said, come let us reason, asking him and seeking him and trying to understand. He'll, he'll, he'll let you know some things we don't understand and there comes a place of trust as we learn to trust him. But not believing in him doesn't make him go away. You know, not believing in somebody in Afghanistan and believing they exist doesn't mean they don't exist if they're really real, right? So you can't just nullify the existence of God because you choose not to believe in him. You know, I was listening to even uh, a, a report the other day by a man of God named Lance Wallenau talking about uh, Judge Scalia, the, rec the recent Supreme Court justice that died on how he was talking to a uh, reporter and they were talking about heaven and hell and this person didn't believe in heaven or hell and he says, you know, but not believing in hell doesn't mean you won't go. You know, that's we think if we don't believe in something, we'll never be touched by it. And that's not true. What I've come to learn in my life is when I begin to be bitter and angry and wonder and question God about all the, the violence and hatred, is I've come to learn that God is the author of life and not death. But if... He is not the author of death and destruction, then who is? That has to be Satan. 
And Satan is real. He is the author of death. See, what happened was when Adam sinned against God, he was separated from the source of life. See, when we do not have Jesus, when we have not accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we're, we're separated from God in our sins, in our trespasses, you know, and we don't have the life of God in us. We, we're empty, we're void, we're broken, we're seeking peace, we're seeking fulfillment in people, things, jobs, career, entertainment. You know, we're always trying to find something to medicate the pain. This is why we see so much death and destruction. It's because people are separated from the life of God. When you're not walking with God, you can't walk in life. You can't give life. You can't give what you have not received. If you've not received life, you can't give life. You can do good works. You can do noble causes. You can do social justice, but that doesn't mean you're giving life. It just means you're doing good, noble deeds, and your good, noble deeds will not count for anything in the eyes of God apart from Christ. See, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I was When I was denying, denying the existence of God, I had no life. I was separated from him. I was existing, but I was not alive. You know, I was just like the light bulb on a shelf, you know. I existed, but I was not plugged into the source of power that illuminate me with the life source to help be a light in the world, to bring the true light of what ex what. God meant me to be and created me to be and to displace the darkness, you know? Because, you know, you want darkness to go away or the things hidden to be exposed. You got to flip on the light, right? Remember that you can never give what you've not received. And there's no source of power that we found solely contained within yourself. Meaning, you cannot find the power of life within yourself by self-meditation, Eastern philosophy, positive thinking. That's all selfishness. That's you overcoming your obstacles within your own ability. Because that, that source runs out. You always have to renew. I'm talking about having a renewable, self-renewable source of power, an, an, an eternal source that never runs out, that's always flowing, that's always there. You can access it any time that you don't have to. Um, it, it won't run out. The switch is always on. It's just according to your faith. If you don't believe you have to have an outside source of power to sustain life, natural life, just don't eat or drink water and watch what will happen. We all have to have an outside source of power to maintain the fullness of what we're doing, right? But what I'm not talking today about is I'm not talking about just being alive. I'm talking about having the life of God. I'm talking about a spiritual dynamic here, not just a natural one. In the book of Acts, Jesus tells his disciples to wait in Jerusalem till they receive power. So we're talking about a power greater than a natural power, right? You may not know it, but the word power in the Bible is the Greek word dunamis. This is where we get our word dynamite. You know, and what do we do with dynamite? We build roads. We can just, we can, uh, they built Mount Rushmore with it. You know, you, 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 you excavate. There's so much stuff you can do positive with dynamite, but it takes power to remove things with the dynamite so we can excavate and see the hidden things of treasures, right? 
So I, if I need power to be connected to life, the question would be, where's the power and how did I get it? You know, if I'm lacking power, if I feel powerless, then where's the source? What is the connection? How do I plug into the, that which would empower me? And remember, Jesus wants us to receive the power. He said that the power comes by a relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's If we look at Jesus and we look at his life, we'll begin to see that Jesus is the model for us to find out how to receive and walk in the power of God. Remember this, Jesus, though, was God. He let go of being God and became a man. He humbled himself and became a man. Why did he do that? To show me and you, male and female, what we can do if we will receive the power of God through the Holy Spirit and walk in unison with the Father, we too can walk in the supernatural power of God. See, Jesus was born of the, the Spirit. You know, he was born, he was conceived of the Holy Ghost in the womb. But yet, even though he was born of the Spirit, he didn't move in the power of God, the demonstration of the supernatural miracle signs and wonders until he was baptized in the Spirit of God. He had to be born and baptized in the Holy Spirit. So, must it be for us for the born-again believers? If you're born of the Spirit, you know, and that's what happens when you repent and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're born of the Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit has come to you. You're connected with the, you know, the life of Christ, but you've not accessed the fullness of power. Many people say you have all the Holy Spirit as soon as you accept him. He dwells. Yes, you're a regenerated being. The Holy Spirit dwells, but Jesus is the model. If he had to be born of the Spirit and baptized, because we know that the day he was baptized by John the Baptist, the Holy Spirit, the heavens were rent. The Father said, my son, beloved son, who I'm well pleased, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him, not within him, upon him, so must it be with you. See, when you accept Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you not only have to have him in you, but upon you. See, I want you to think that uh, Jesus is like a, a pitcher, you know, a pitcher that you put water in. The Holy Spirit is the water, and the Father God is the one pouring. When you accept Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, the water, which is the Holy Spirit, is poured into you. God dwells inside you, and you are one with God and has access to the Father and the one pouring which is Jesus, and the one in you, Holy Spirit. You have a relationship with God, that's true, but you don't have the fullness of it. You're saved and eternally secure, but you don't have the fullness of the dunamis. See, that's the power of God. Let's go over some scriptures. I want to show a couple of scriptures that's going to prove my point to you, okay? John 20, verse 21 says, Jesus said to them, Peace to you. As the Father sent me, I also send you. Verse 22 says, after saying this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 23, if you forgive the sins of any, they forgive them. If you retain the sins of any, they retain. See, this happened, this scripture, Jesus breathing on them, happened before the ascension in the book of Acts. So we, and we can see in the book of Genesis that God breathed the breath of life into Adam, became a living soul. So here Jesus breathes on disciples, speaking of the born-again experience before the, the, the Pentecost. This is before Pentecost. So Jesus breathed on them 
Why was that? Why did salvation come in? How can we show that? Because, see, salvation didn't come until the blood of Jesus was accepted in heaven. So Jesus must have gone to heaven and presented his blood to redeem man before the ascension in the book of Acts. We can find that actually in John 20, verse 17, chapter 20. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, told her, for I have yet not ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them that I'm sending my Father and your Father to my God and your God. So we see that Jesus is telling Mary, don't touch me. I haven't sent him a father. Why? Because he had to present the blood first. He had to, he couldn't be defiled yet by, by, you know, he had to be the spotless lamb, so to speak, or the high priest is not touching something unclean to go into heaven with his blood to redeem mankind. And then we see here, you know, then we know the story of doubting Thomas on in Luke, what, 24, verse 39. Look at my hands and my feet. That is, I myself, touch me and see, because a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you can see I have. So he was saying, I'm not just a spirit, I'm a resurrected man here. So we even see in this instance right here that Jesus, this is before the ascension in the book of Acts, that even Luke is saying, hey, there was a, uh, between these two reconciliations of the book of John and the book of Luke, you can see that Jesus ascended and descended before the book of Acts with the ascension when the angel says, why are you looking down, right? What is this proving? This is proving that salvation came before the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. We see that even Paul talks about this when he met disciples on the road. Acts 19.2 says, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they told them. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. They just heard there's a Messiah. You have to repent of your sins. You have eternal life. See, what I want to see is it's possibly saved and not baptized with the Holy Spirit. I want us to understand Oh, and revisit that the image that I gave to you right now of a pitcher. I want you to see this right now. There's a pitcher full of water. There's a glass. That's you. The pitcher's Jesus. The water's Holy Spirit. The Father's pouring from Jesus into you the very water, the life, into you. And now you're full of water. But see... That's not immersed. You're filled with the Spirit, but God wants to immerse you. He doesn't want to just pour the water in you. He wants to take the glass. He wants to take that glass. And he actually, instead of just pouring into you, he wants to drop you into the pitcher, into Christ, into the Holy Spirit, so that you're immersed in Christ and the Holy Spirit. Now you're not in control of your life. Think about it. If you are just being filled with the Spirit, even if it's overflowing a little bit, you're still separated from the hand of the Father being in the glass and being in Christ. Christ is in you, but he wants you to be so in him that wherever he moves, wherever he goes, you're flowing with him. He wants you to be able to move in the power. See, Jesus came to destroy the works of Satan. And that's what it's going to take. You must be empowered with the doomless power of God to destroy the works of Satan. He has given us power to become the sons of God. Sonship speaks of not just being a male person in lineage and family, but a maturity. One who has the ability to manage resources and relationships, not a child. God is raising up sons, male and female in this hour, who will see his kingdom manifest 
on the earth as it is in heaven. What does that look like? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no poverty in heaven. There's no lack in heaven. There's no uh, wars in heaven. Is that possible? I believe so. I believe that that is possible. See, when things come into your life, they can try to influence you, but if you feel powerless and you come under them, you're not going to be over, able to overtake them. You're not going to be able to move against them. But when you have the power of God in your life, the dunamis, you can be the dynamite to destroy the very yokes, the generational things that have hindered you, blocked you, stopped you from becoming what God has called you to be. And more importantly, as you mature and grow in Christ, you can now become the dunamis to be able to help set other people free, to be able to have the solutions and answers to bring the life of Christ into whatever situation you're facing. Maybe you're you're an artist and you want to do art. Maybe you're uh, somebody that has a draw to political office to shape America back to what God's called to be or your nation with all the corruption that's in there to end corruption in the governmental forces. Maybe you're called to just want to be able to teach people about uh, English or math, but see, those are noble things, but, you know, to break through, to break through into the kingdom dynamic, to have that power to break through the mindsets, it takes more than education, it takes the anointing, and the anointing of God is found through the Holy Spirit, it's the anointing that destroys yokes, and this anointing and yoke-destroying anointing is more than just destroying yokes of sickness and disease, it's actually it's destroying the things that keep them from a person a community, a city, a nation from actually experiencing what God created to be. See, the Holy Spirit can give you the power to go through whatever situation and actually see your way through the valley of the shadow of death, so to speak. You know, uh, uh, I love that. Though I, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I feel no evil. I will fear no evil. Why is that? Because a shadow has never bitten anyone. It can intimidate you, but it can't hurt you unless you believe it can. And there are a lot of shadows out there that are trying to stop you from doing what God called you to do. But when you're empowered with the Holy Ghost, now you become the shadow where your shadow overshadows every dark thing. Just like Peter, wherever he walked, his shadow. What does that mean? He had a shadow that touched everybody wherever he went. I believe that means the light, the life of God, the life of Christ, which is the light of the world, was within him, and in his light was illuminated inside out, and his shadow was like a 360-degree circumference. And in that 360-degree circumference, everything that came underneath the power of the anointing upon his life was touched with the power of the kingdom. And that power was demonstrable and manifest to where people were tangible. It's tangible. People were able to, to touch it, to see it, to feel it, to hear it. And in that place, lives were changed. And I'm talking about not just changing lives. I'm talking about changing cities and nations with the power of the Holy Spirit. So I just want to encourage you today. You know, have you received the power from on high? Have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? 
with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You know, it's a whole other teaching, but we'll go in those scriptures, but I'm not really have time to close out today. But every time you look in the scriptures, and they encountered the Holy Spirit from the day of Pentecost, Cornelius' houses, even the people that Paul met, they received as evidence of the baptism speaking in other unknown tongues. You too can receive this power. Maybe you received the power at one time and you're just not praying in the Spirit. You know, it says praying in the Spirit, building yourself up. Maybe you've become discouraged and hopeless and you just need to be immersed again. You need to receive a refreshing and a renewal. Well, I'm going to pray for you right now. And you're going to receive the power of God in your life. And you're going to have tangible results in a physical manifestation. You're going to be able to write me at my email at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at richdarnell.co, admin at richdarnell.co. And tell me what God did for your life. Father, I just thank you that in Jesus' name that you right now are moving upon your people. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you hover over everybody underneath the sound of my voice and that right now you begin to baptize them with your power, with your fire, with your goodness, and with your love. Let them, Father God, feel right now the very thing when the heavens were opened up and your spirit poured upon them and you said, my beloved son, I'm well pleased. Let whoever is under the sound of my voice feel the tangible power, the electrical fire power of the Holy Ghost touch them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. We thank you for that. We give you the glory and we give you the praise. In Jesus' name. And like I said, if you just receive that or have other questions, feel free to contact us. You can contact me at richdarnell.co by going to my blog and contact us or admin at richdarnell.co. You can, don't forget that you can also have other resources there where you can go and other messages and, and articles and prophetic words. You can also um, reach me, like I said, every Monday and Thursday at 4 to 4.30 p.m. You can listen to us at Worship Radio, you know, worshipcenterradio.net, worshipcenterradio.net slash destinyu to be able to hear that. So we just want to bless you. Remember, if you desire today to uh, help us out, you can also go to richdarnell.co and just click on donate. We could use your help in taking our message around the world. Be encouraged, be empowered, and be loved. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Destiny U with Rich Darnell, a place where we make dreams become a reality. For more resources by Rich, please go to www.richdarnell.co. Be blessed, be empowered, be 